Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Good to have you back. I'm Alex Pearson. You're listening to On Point, and it is time for Counterpoint. So let's bring in some of our insiders to talk about all things politics. Jenny Byrne, of course, you know her. She's the former campaign manager and deputy chief of staff to Stephen Harper, currently over at Bayfield Strategy, and Gabe DeRoche, former advisor to liberal cabinet ministers, also a communications consultant over at Hill and Knowlton Strategies. Hello there. Hello. And we should mention, and I'm not sure about you, Gabe, but I do know, uh, Jenny, you've got your foot in the PC campaign. Gabe, are you also foot in with the Liberal campaign? Not in any formal capacity, just just looking on. Okay, cool. Just make sure that people understand where you're coming from at on these issues. Let's start with the easy question. You both watched the debate. Um, Was there a clear winner, uh, someone who did better, did not do better, failed, flopped? I'll start with you, uh, Gabe. Well, I think tonight's debate was about uh, who could come off as a, as a premier. It was an audition for the role. I think that, uh, that Premier Wynne, having been in that role, she had a clear command of the facts. I think that uh, Andrea Horvath showed empathy. She connected with the questioners. Uh, unfortunately, Doug Ford, I think he, um, he you know, was able to land some of his, uh, his, his talking points and his lines, but, uh, but I don't think he performed at the level of expectations. Well, I don't know. Okay, it, clearly we're going to be partisan here tonight. Um, and Jenny, look, I think you'll probably see a lot differently. Uh, there's no question Doug Ford, he did look nervous. He has way more to lose here than Kathleen Wynne, who can deliver whatever facts she believes because she's fighting for her political life. Uh, but he did find his groove and he did land some some shots. Listen, I think that it was clear that Doug was the only candidate on stage who represented uh, real change and had a real clear plan for uh, for Ontario. Uh, he successfully challenged uh, Kathleen Wynne to answer uh, for for losing her way and abandoning her, her principles in favor of special interests and with liberal insiders, including the CEO of Hydro One, who is is making six million dollars uh, per year now on the backs of of ratepayers. So I think he was uh, I think he was the clear winner, um, and people were looking at who was going to deliver uh, deliver much needed change. I mean, I did not like the format. I didn't think it was actually um, good for either three. Um, I think Horvath actually did uh, pretty well, but I I didn't like the format. I thought it was too kind of meandering and slow and and awkward for them to be standing around. But it seems, and I'll I'll play this for both of you, but it seems (laughs) the Liberals got their feathers feathers all fluffed over a comment Doug Ford said to Kathleen Wynne's question over the province's, I guess, lowest per capita spending, um, Kathleen Wynne praising her most efficient government. But this this seemed to really offend those uh, in Kathleen Wynne's camp. Take a listen. Which province in the country has the lowest per capita spending on services? Which, cap, which province in the country well, has I, the I, most efficient government in terms of per capita spending on I, services? I didn't tell you one That's thing. That's Ontario, It's, it's sure not Ontario. It is. It's not it Ontario. It is Ontario. Well, it is Ontario. And that's time. And if I may say, and that's time. You obviously don't understand numbers. No, Mr. Ford, Ms. 
All right. So that got uh, all sorts of cries and screams over misogyny, and it was actually quite laughable. But it did trigger some people, Gabe, uh, that uh, they felt that that was very condescending to the premier. Well, I think, I think what you heard in that clip was that one person on stage, Kathleen Wood, had a clear command of the facts. Um, and uh, I think that's, uh, that's what came through. Uh, I hope that voters, when they, when they look at who's, uh, who's auditioning for the role of premier, will, will watch somebody who, who lives in a, in, in a in, you know, fact-based kind of politics. Um, as, for, as for those, those comments, I mean, Doug Ford has a, a long history of, uh, of saying, uh, saying things that he, uh, he may uh, come to regret uh, a few days, a few hours later. So uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see. Uh, maybe we'll see Doug Ford walk uh, walk that comment back the way he's walked back a number of his policies. Well, what, what's to campaign. what's to walk back? I mean, we have three hundred. We've we're upwards of three hundred sixty billion in debt. I'm not sure what what numbers or what comments he would have to walk back. There's nothing misogynistic about questioning uh, someone's numbers, male or female. When clearly the numbers are terrible in Ontario. Well, but, but facts are facts. I think when it, the point the premier was making is that we operate an efficient government. And Ford, uh, Doug Ford talks about finding efficiencies, and that that uh, translates into into cuts. That's the well, point that both the premier and and Andrew Horvath were making uh, were making throughout the evening. That's uh, I think those those are the facts. And um, I think those are, those are fairly clear. Uh, Jenny, I think you'll probably see it differently because um, efficiencies, uh, I've got to be honest, there has got to be a way that they can shed some of the uh, spending without cutting anything. And yet cuts is, all, that's the only word we're going to hear from now until June 7th. Well, that's that's the only words you're going to hear from from the Liberals, and and I don't think that, uh, with all due respect, Gabe, that you can talk about Kathleen Wynne discussing efficiencies. This was the government that last year claimed that they were going to balance the budget, and now are running uh, record deficits. They've raised taxes. Uh, Ontarians are are, are suffering uh, at the hands of. Uh, out of control, uh, control hydro rates. So, uh, what uh, what Doug Ford was saying in terms of this liberal government uh, being misleading with uh, with the budget and what they've been telling Ontarians is a hundred percent accurate. Those yeah. are that is the fact. Well, it's not even Doug Ford. That's Bonnie Lissick, and it's also the Financial Accountability Officer, Gabe. I mean, they're not misogynist, are they? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't believe they are. I think what um, I think there, there's a real discussion that. Uh, can be had when you look at the Auditor General's numbers, and it's a disagreement among, amongst professional uh, accountants. Um, this is something that's been in the news for a long time. That discussion isn't new. Um, but we're getting away from the Premier's claim, which was that when you compare, compare Ontario to every other province in the country, we operate the most efficiently. We have the lowest spending on services per capita. We're also that second is, last. That is a fact. Yeah, okay. I got to be honest, I, I don't buy the numbers one bit uh, because, the frank, frankly, I just hear from too many people who say, if we're doing so great, why don't I have any money? Why am I not moving ahead? Why am well, I falling have, further behind? We have the lowest unemployment that we've had in this province in, uh, in nearly 20 years. So those are, those are pretty good numbers. Those are pretty we, good uh, lost, economic um, indicators. Jenny? Gabe, Ontario, Ontario lost 56,000 full-time jobs alone in the, in the month of January. What is, is that really what 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 spin you're going to give to the fifty six thousand people who are out of work in the month of January and the three hundred thousand no, in manufacturing? But I, I, but I would talk about the eight hundred thousand net new jobs that have been created in this province since the. Uh, since the global recession. Well, f- public sector, hold on. I, I take issue with that because public sector jobs are not 
pri- they're not they don't count. And anything those subsidized by the government does not count. That's not job those, creation. Uh, those aren't just uh, those aren't just public sector jobs. In fact, the majority of them are private sector jobs and they're full time jobs. Okay, let's talk about Tanya Granick Allen because she was a lightning rod. She does not represent any conservative that I know. There is a pocket of them, but I don't know um, any views like that amongst those that I know. Um, I understand completely strategically why she had to go. Um, but there's no question. She said she was going to watch the debate tonight. She was going to make her you know, comments after she had seen what uh, issues came out. But oddly enough, the curriculum, sex ed, neither Tanya Granick Allen even came up in this debate. Jenny? Yeah, well, listen, I'm 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 not surprised. This is a, an internal uh, internal party matter. Uh, Doug made it and made it quite clear uh, yesterday that we, of course, are a big uh, big tent. We have diverse views, uh, and that we expect uh, members within our party to be respectful and express those reasonably. And frankly, the characterization of certain issues mm-hmm. um, uh, do not reflect uh, that 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 Tanya spoke about do not reflect uh, the views of the Ontario PC Party. And did she reflect the views of the Ontario PC party during the entire leadership race where she was putting forward these, uh, you know, these views that many people have characterized as, as homophobic? Is this something that just is it Doug Ford just uh, discovered? Well, he doesn't, know, he didn't, yesterday? he doesn't do the vetting for leadership and she was already vetted. So she has, there's nothing Doug Ford can do about stopping her from running. That is a decision made in the riding by the riding association. So yeah, he there, quashed there, there it, but he can't do anything about her running as a, as a, a candidate. That, that goes down to memberships. No, but Doug Ford had many, many endorsements of, uh, of Tanya Granick Allen, uh, especially after, uh, after she helped put him in the uh, in the leader's chair to say that uh, Doug Ford had no had no idea or no power over over what he uh, uh, how he was endorsing Tanya Granick Allen is uh, I think that's to use one of Doug Ford's favorite words from tonight disingenuous well, it, it, the fact of the matter is, is all leadership candidates were vetted to become nomination candidates uh, for the leadership review. So she was vetted and approved to be a nomination uh, contestant uh, by uh, the, the, the party uh, during the leadership race, just as, as Doug Ford was, just as uh, Christine Elliott uh, was. Uh, this is clear, though, what the liberals are trying to do is, is, is make, this, uh, uh, make this an issue uh, and uh, to, to take away from, uh, from, from the record and to talk about the issues that uh, that Ontarians care about. As I said, Doug made it very clear that although we are a very big, diverse uh, tent, uh, the characterization of certain issues uh, that Tanya said uh, do not reflect his or the Ontario PC party. i got to break it there at 829 because we're going to take a break. And, uh, and, I, and look, I, again, I get social conservatives. They deserve their opinions. I don't happen to agree with them. Most people in the party don't. And when you got a big party tent, you're not going to please everybody. But uh, no question, it's going to be a wedge issue and it's going to be used sparingly uh, throughout this election. Let's talk about, um, what are we going to talk about after the break? We'll take a quick break and do counterpoint. We'll talk about Ford Nation Live and the outrage, outrage, say the liberals. We'll talk about that next. Coming up here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is Counterpoint tonight. I've got Jenny Byrne and Gabe DeRoche, both good sports, for joining us tonight. We are having just watched the debates. Um, this is interesting. So the Liberals have asked Elections Ontario to look into whether or not Ford Nation Live breaks election rules. Now, if you don't know what this is, this is a social media campaign that delivers Ford messaging in the form of a, of a mock newscast, like a reporter. 
And um, I, I got to be honest, I think this is a bit of a stretch, Gabe, uh, that the, the liberals, given they are under investigation right now by Elections Ontario over campaigning on the taxpayer dime, is this desperation or is this smart? Well, I think it reflects the fact that this is uh, these fake news reports that uh, the Doug Ford campaign is putting out. Uh, what, what the liberals say is that this constitutes election advertising, and there's no, uh, there's no statement on there that says that this is an advertisement for a political party, and that the liberals argue is something that is, uh, is required under, uh, under election laws. That, that's, as I understand it, the basis of the complaint, complaint against these fake news uh, so, so, Gabe, so Gabe, did the did the Liberal Party in in two thousand and seven when they did Liberal News with Ben Chin did they did they uh, indicate that it was uh, Liberal adverti- advertising? Uh, I don't know the answer to that question. No, the the, re- the answer is no. Um, f- frankly, uh, uh, this is something uh, the the Ford campaign will be using online videos throughout the campaign to deliver our message of of change. Uh, all of these uh, videos, uh, uh, all of this this messaging. Uh, completely follows the elections Ontario uh, rules. Uh, you'll be seeing more of it throughout the campaign, and I encourage anyone that would uh, would like to see it to go to FordNationLive.ca. I got to be honest; it's 2018, and I mean, you'd have to have rocks in your head not to know that this is a internal PC. I mean, it says right there Ford Nation Line, and it says PC Party on on the video, but. I don't understand, Gabe, why more politicians aren't using this. I know Christy Clark during her campaign had these kinds of, of reports, these internal reports. But to me, this is the smartest way for any and all campaigns to use on social media where you can bypass everything and get your messaging out there. Yeah, but I think, I think there, are, there are parties and politicians in this election who don't feel that they need to bypass uh, real journalists and real media. You know that... Uh, well, who's doing the, that? The, the, well, that the Ford campaign is not going to have... a uh, a bus for reporters as part of his uh, his tour. The other, two, the other two parties are, and uh, and that is a <laughs> goes back to that issue of do you do you need to run from the press or are you willing to uh, to uh, to face them well, and face well, the questions? There's Gabe. There's no running. Our our events are uh, fully open to the media. Uh, and, uh, media advisories are put out uh, the day before. Uh, we welcome all uh, media to attend. And frankly, uh, the fact of the matter is, there are there are a number of uh, media outlets that have indicated, not just provincially, but having been involved federally, uh, that for various reasons, whether it's uh, financial or otherwise, uh, that they are not going to have uh, uh, reporters uh, cover. Uh, uh, the election uh, via bus in this day and age. Um, everyone is on social media um, with Facebook Live and other mechanisms. Reporters can uh, can be sitting at their desk and file the exact same story uh, that they would if they were on the road with any political party. Don't get me wrong. I think it's uh, it's important for all parties to be uh, to be embracing uh, social media and connecting with people on the uh, on the channels that they use. So that's a, a crucial uh, part of any. Uh, any communications campaign. I think the I think the issue is is around the, the format of those um, of those videos. The the fact that it it, uh, it it looks like a television reporter, even though it's a, a you know it's a campaign staffer. Um, I think it's it's blurring that line. Which when you look at what's going on south Gabe, of the border, Gabe, it's a, it's Gabe, a problem. I don't... 
to my point before, I don't think it blurries, blurs any line. It's, uh, it's the job of the campaign, campaigns to communicate with voters, just like the Liberal Party of Ontario did, just like Dalton McGuinty's campaign did in 2007 when they used a former reporter, Ben Chin, uh, to deliver a, a, a newscast um, uh, on behalf of the Liberal Party. Yeah, I got to be honest. I, I don't. I don't see any outrage in this, and I just. I'm. I'm more surprised that more parties have yet not done this. It, to me, it's just a no-brainer. It's. It's just the perfect avenue for that tool. I want to go to Alberta now, where uh, Jason Kenney's United Conservatives had their policy convention this weekend, and 57 percent of the va- base voted in favor that parents be told when their child is involved in programs like the Gay Straight Alliance. I mean, I know that we don't let parents parent, but. The base wanted that. Now, this has been a huge, huge element of debate. But I think Kenny surprised a lot of people coming out and saying, quote unquote, let this be absolutely stone cold clear. A united conservative government will not be changing law or policy to require notification of parents when kids join GSAEAs. We will not do that. And you can take that to the bank. Jenny, uh, smart move. Yes, I think Jason's been quite clear that he doesn't support the mandatory uh, notification if a child uh, joins a, a, G, a GSA, um, and it will not be in his, his platform. He's also said that teachers should be able to use their judgment when it might be necessary to talk to pa- parents about issues uh, their kids are having, uh, having at schools. I think that what we're seeing here is that clearly a highly unpopular Alberta NDP government is just looking uh, to distract from, uh, from uh, the, the economy out there. Gabe? Well, I don't know that this uh, this policy was raised by uh, by conservatives at a conservative convention. Well, that, that's I the. What, I mean, look, the, there's no question that the membership, a lot of times in all parties, raises some very very strange stuff. The liberals do it. The NDP. I mean, look, that's where the policy is debated and brought up, and then what doesn't work is pushed off. No. Um, fair, and then the and the leader does have a. Um, a role to play, uh, the primary role to play in setting, uh, in setting the platform that he's going to uh, represent going into into the election. And look, I, I'm very, I'm very glad that um, that this is where uh, this is where it ultimately landed. The idea of um, of outing um, LGBT kids to um, families that uh, that are not supportive and that may put them. Uh, Put their safety at risk. I think is a, that that's, that's actually it's an important uh, discussion to have, and I'm glad that um, the leadership is pushing it back against against those uh, social conservative uh, attitudes, whether it's there in Alberta or here in Ontario, with the kinds of attitudes espoused by people like uh, Tanya Granik Allen. Yeah, well, she's not a, she's not an issue anymore, Gabe. By the way, I do believe parents should be actually able to parent, but uh, I do believe strategically he did need to take that off the table. Guys, I got to leave it there. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Both good sports. Thank you, guys. All right, that is Jenny Byrne and Gabe DeRoche. Um, And a lot of the people that we have uh, on our panels and, and talk to and debate, most of them now are involved in the war rooms or in the campaign to some degree. So it's a chance, yes, you'll hear a lot of talking points, but you'll also get some good insight because these are the people on the ground that know how this is done. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.